when you grab a Germany ring, you think about perhaps your time in Germany or what Germany meant to them. Yes, we're sending out the exact same small little ring to customers, but at the same time, every ring is just so different. Like maybe someone lived there for five years. Maybe someone spent three days there. Experiences are so different. And it's cool to let your mind wander like that. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 378. Vancouver is home to Wreck Beach, Canada's only nude beach, and also the largest clothing optional beach in North America. It gets a little cold, just saying. Over the years, I've tried out a bunch of different travel items from a collapsible water bottle to this laundry bag to these headphones to those earplugs to this eye mask. One, I am a travel gear nerd, but also so that you don't have to go through all the hassle of trying all this stuff out and you can find just the best thing out there. So if you're looking for the best travel care on backpack, I suggest you head to Tortuga Backpacks. That is the backpack that I've been using around the world, taking it everywhere that I go for the last six years. So whether it be this last little jaunt out to the Pacific Northwest and British Columbia and down to Portland, or whether it be somewhere as far flung as Thailand, doesn't matter. I always have my Tortuga backpack with me. So if you're looking for the best travel carry-on backpack, make sure you head to tortugabackpacks.com slash epop. That's brand new. This is the way to get a 10% discount. Tortugabackpacks.com slash epop. That'll get you 10% off anything you order there automatically when you check out. So check it out, tortugabackpacks.com slash epop. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is someone who hails from the beautiful city of Vancouver, Canada, who wants to help those less fortunate be able to travel the world as well, and who has a design eye that would make my wife proud, Daryl McIver from TravelCollective.com. Daryl, thanks for joining me, and a huge welcome. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, Travis. She is the design aesthetic fashion one of the group so i just i figure i throw that out there i mean for me maybe it's not as impressive but for her it certainly is <laughs> man. um and i want to give you some major credit because I'll, I'll give you a little backstory we get sent a lot of travel related gear and products and honestly as someone who's an attempted minimalist i'll say uh, most mm-hmm. of it for me i'm just like you know it doesn't work or i'm just not impressed with it or you know it's just like okay i, I don't need this or i'm not interested in this so i got an interview request and it was like founder of an e-commerce brand for people who want to commemorate their travel it's just like all right you know whatever uh yeah just skeptical and then i looked at your <laughs> stuff and i said even to, to heather my wife i'm like this is awesome. Um, so it's simple. It's beautiful. So huge kudos to you, man. It, it it takes a lot for me to look at something like a, a, something I don't have and say, hey, this is awesome. And I want something like that. Um, and you guys do it with Traveler Collective. So let me start off by saying, awesome job, buddy. I, you know, I really appreciate that. And, and you know what? It makes sense. I mean, 
um, you know, travelers like us, I think we've kind of have it in our blood to, to not collect too many things and, you know, only the things that really mean a lot to us. And that's kind of what uh, this all kind of stemmed from. So uh, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, let, let's get into that. Where did this idea come from to, to build this brand around very minimal pieces that people can take with them? Good question. Uh, if we could go right back to the start, I mean, it really came from me wanting to do something based around two things that I was very passionate about in love, and that was travel and giving back. And really, that's how it started. I had no idea how that was going to come together. Um, you know, it's it's fun to talk about doing stuff you're passionate about and me very skeptical, not knowing if that was even a possibility. And I think uh, always knowing that uh, I think people are very proud of their travels and um, for the product itself, uh, like I'm sure you've seen, you see a lot of people out there with their backpacks. They got flags all over their backpacks. Uh, people collect many different things um, from their travels. And to me, especially with the backpack thing, I love the idea of, you know, commemorating your travels, but it was always just a little too loud and something that I, it, it, I didn't want something that would kind of like push into somebody's faces. You know what I mean? And this, so I love that idea, but wanted to create something that was much more personal. And in reality, you wouldn't really know what it is unless maybe you asked about it or perhaps you shared it. Uh, so something quite subtle in that sense. Uh, I've, came up with a lot of shitty prototypes trying to figure out how this all comes together. I mean, I've never worked with leather before. I mean, I, I had this idea and then, you know, a lot of people helped me along the way to kind of hone it into, um, you know, what it is today. And it's just always evolving, but that is kind of where it started was the, the patches on the backpack and looking for something a bit more subtle. I, I'm with you. First off, I, I, I also love the idea of the patches on the backpack, but I don't want it to be in your face and I don't like to even iron them on, let alone sew them on. Like That's way, way <laughs> too much work. So let's describe for people, because uh, you're listening to this on a podcast, right? So if you haven't been in the Traveler Collective and you haven't seen what, what we're talking about here, just describe in your own words what it is that, that you guys make. So in a nutshell, it's um, products for people to commemorate their travels. And I think, you know, we've been at this for about three years. And uh, the more we get into it and talk to our community, it's it's really about inspiring travel. Um, and, you know, as much as these products are about the places that you've been, it's also about, you know, maybe that little bit of extra inspiration to get out there and, you know, fill up your, your clip or your necklace. Um, but at the same time... Uh, you know, inspire you to get out there and do it. Now, the products themselves is, in a nutshell, they are small rings, um, quite small, actually, and they are engraved with different country uh, abbreviations. Um, we have states as well, pro Canadian provinces. Uh, and the idea being is you collect them for the different places that you've been, uh, and then you add them to a clip, which is a leather keychain that we hand make in Vancouver, or we've recently come up with necklaces after a lot of people uh, requesting it. So it's a way to kind of keep your travels personal to you, um, carry them with you, uh, and continually add them uh, as we go. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get into it in a bit, but the the gifting travel portion uh, really is a big component of that too. Yeah. And when you say they're, they're small little rings, what size are they for someone who hasn't seen them? Are they the size? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to test you now with us uh, currency, but are they the size of like a, a us <laughs> dime or are they smaller than that? I would say about three quarters the size of a penny. Okay. Okay. So about three quarters the size of a penny. They're silver. They've got a hole in the middle, which is which is how you string them on either either your leather clip or or the necklace. 
And like you said, they just have, I, mean, I guess people can get whatever they want engraved on it, but mo- the, the traditional, the standard ones have the a country code on it. So I guess if, if for USA, it would just say USA, right? And then... Um, totally. Okay. And then for the Netherlands, I guess NDL or, or, or something like that. And the, yeah, it's funny. The uh, It's interesting when we came out with it. Um, so we're, we're going to be doing full country names quite soon, and it kind of gets rid of people because there are some very obscure... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I almost I almost didn't countries. even know Netherlands. Like at first, was like, oh, which one am I going to say? Because w- what country <laughs> abbreviation do I know? Right? Exactly. No, it, it's totally like that. And you know, it's funny because um, you know we came out with it, and it was only countries when we started. I mean, that was what this was about: international travel. And since we've had people request, you know, U.S. states, provinces, even national parks, type of thing. And I get that. I mean, I think any sort of travel is important, and uh, you know, to commemorate it is extremely important. But we came out with uh, the, its specific ISO codes for countries, uh, and we went f- a country list that's the United Nations and what they recognize to be countries. And I think a lot of us know that, you know, what a country is, um, is up for interpretation a lot of times. So when we first started, a lot of people would say, well, why isn't this a country? Why isn't this country? Um, so there's no standard list now. You know, if people want the country to be there, we add it um, to the list. I mean, if this is meaningful in a country to somebody, we'll absolutely put that up there. Uh, it's such a personal thing that um, I'm certainly know we're not offending anyone by putting it up as a country. So uh, it's just been interesting to see the pro- uh, progress uh, ever since the start, because a lot of things that I never really considered. But, you know, thanks to our community, they, they're able to, to help us with that feedback. Yeah, and I I love the design because it, it we talked about you know a traveler usually you want minimal stuff. Um, you and I both agree. I don't want something flashy. I don't need something flashy. I don't even wear any jewelry whatsoever. But if I was going to wear something, it would be something like this, where it's hey a simple small disc with the country name or or the country code on it or the state name, you know what have you. Um, that's just it's just subtle. I mean, it's just subtle and nice and um. What, like you said, you went through a bunch of prototypes. What was some of the original ideas, and why did maybe they not fly? Like, did was it was it kind of wilder, and then you brought it back to simplified, or you know, just give us kind of a walkthrough of what that that looked like in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to put it to uh, keep it short, I mean, they were just awful. These these prototypes. A lot of times, like we had these rings, but I also started with these small like these small tabs. And I, I thought, well, you know what, abbreviations is one thing, but why don't we try to paint or use some sort of color on the back to represent the flags of the places? Uh, and I realized quite quickly that that wasn't going to be an option. Um, had them on bracelets with other like charms on them. And then I, I'm, you know, it made sense in my head. Then you look at it and you're like, I would never use or wear this. Um, so it was, it was more about, creating something that I would really want. And I'm, I can be picky with a lot of, uh, a lot of things, same as you. Um, so it, it just kind of landed on this. I mean, with the keychain itself, I, I went into a local leather shop here that we still use as a supplier, um, Lonsdale leather. And this guy, Riley, I walked in one day and I said, Hey, I'm looking to do this. This is an idea I have. I've never worked with leather before. Um, you know, what's your thoughts? And, you know, he took me under his wing. He's a younger guy. And he, he showed me, you know, how to work with leather, how to use leather, the most effective way in sizing and types. And, you know, it was really cool to, to have that. And when I spoke earlier about people helping me along the way, Riley was certainly someone that kind of believed in what we were doing. He's a traveler himself and he was really excited about it. So, 
uh, I certainly have to give some credit to him to to kind of help me with what this process is. Did you have any background in either like a design or or you said you didn't work with leather, but like making stuff, or is this just an idea? And you said like I'm not a designer. I, I know nothing about like jewelry or fashion. I'm also not someone who's you know normally working with metal or leather, but. All that aside, I just want to create something, and this is the idea that I have. Yeah, that's a good question. And to be honest, I never thought deep enough into it that hey, I might not be that good at. Like, I felt like I could create something and rely on some people to help me, like Riley, to create something to just see if it was what something people would be interested in. You know what I mean? Um, Even the leather off the start. I mean, it has changed since then because we've gotten feedback from people. We've gotten better. but no, off the start, I mean, I've always, you know, worked with my hands and things like that. But, you know, I just did what I felt like I was capable of off the start. And it was a prototype that was good enough to, you know, put out in the world and see if people would take to it. And people really started to. So that was that was kind of the mindset was let's just see if it's something people are interested in. How did you guys start finding people right off the bat? Like, where did that where did that come from? How did people find you? And and has there been a break or two with getting the word out? Like first purchase was my mom. Second purchase was, you know, one of my really good friends. And then I, I remember maybe, you know, 10 orders in, it was, um, you know, a friend of a friend. I'd recognize the name and then maybe 30 orders in, which let's be honest, was like two weeks at least was, you know, somebody I'd never heard of. And that was to me, that was a big break. That was like, oh, this is this is really interesting. And I had um, you know, asked where they'd got that. I'm like, Oh, a friend of mine had shared it on Facebook. Cause I don't know that, you know, how things kind of spread, but, um, really started to grow on Instagram actually. Um, about two years ago, it really started to, to take off on Instagram. And we had some people that we would work with that would, you know, uh, help us along that path. And, um, you know, a lot of our customers still come from social media or kind of, um, you know, marketing and all of that has kind of matured and changed in the last two and a half years. But a lot of it was, um, social media. And I think the standard for a lot of people when they start companies, especially e-commerce is, you know, let's reach out to as many bloggers, let's reach out to just as many people that, you know, might support us in what we're doing. And that's a really hard thing off the start because you have no track record. You, I don't think you fully have grasped what you're doing yet and how to speak about it and things like that. So, uh, we did a lot of that, and you know, I'd say one percent of the people we re- re- reached out to uh, were interested. And kudos to them because, you know, they're putting themselves on the line too with a, a company and brand that they know very little about in the long run because it's been around for so little time. So uh, things like that certainly helped, but that's just a grind, and then you start getting momentum and things, you know, continually grow and continually grow, and you know, we're at where we're at today, and. Um, really excited about where the future holds. I wouldn't say there's any been any one specific big break that just kind of set it off. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that unsexy side of business that people don't want to talk about, but I love to talk about because I want people to know it's not just a, oh, this person said something about it and then boom, it took off. It's like you reached out to a lot, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of cold emails, phone calls, whatever, you know, to, to hear nothing back. Um, and then, but you know, in the long run, okay, you know, if there are four or five or 10 people who really, really 
do believe in that product, that's enough to get stuff going. But in order to find them, you're going to have to sort through a lot of people who, yeah, who who don't care or don't know about it or just not right for them. So totally, I, yeah, I can totally, totally understand how how that would be. Now, has it been just you? Like when you started, was it just you doing everything, making it, marketing, or was there some help? You know by other people, and you, and you mentioned Riley with the leather, but was there other people on the team that were helping specifically to get the word out? So when it started, it was basically, so I did these prototypes at home. Um, my wife works at home uh, in the, the bedroom next to me, so kudos to her for what she had to put up with for the first six months. But I, I yeah, did everything on my own. I mean, in, in the morning, I would answer a couple emails, customer questions, and then I would hand make these things. And at that time, what, what that meant was we'd have these small little stamps. I would have the rings and I would hammer each individual letter one at a time. And you do your hammering stainless steel on to an anvil that's then on your countertop with your wife next door. And that yeah, I know it drove her crazy, but um, we both knew that hopefully it wasn't going to be like that forever. But, you know, for six months, that's what it was. And, you know, I pissed off a lot of neighbors and th- that's just where it was. I'm not... Um, I'm not a huge risk taker. It wasn't something that I was about to, not that I had a lot of money by any means, but, um, you know, I methodically wanted to build this company and, you know, move to the next step when we were comfortable to do that. Um, and you know, you could argue that I would maybe stayed at our house for a little longer than I needed to, but, um, you know, we progressively moved from there into, um, you know, just a small little shop that was about hundred square feet, no windows, freezing cold. And we were that in there for a year. And at that point it was still just me. And I was, uh, I was still working at the time and somebody I was working with actually a guy from Australia that was here on a two year visa. Um, you know, he was looking for a little bit extra money. So he came in and he came in to just help me make orders. That was kind of, uh, where we were at that time. And really for the first six, seven people on the team, a lot of it was, you know, I'm doing everything. Is there something that I can hand off to someone that's much better than I am at doing it? Uh, and that's kind of been the case. So everyone that started those first few people were just generalists and like, Hey, I need help. Are you willing to do this? And, you know, roles have changed since then. And, um, we've matured a little bit, um, because of it, but uh, yeah, everyone just the people that came in. I mean, we certainly wouldn't be here without the people on my team. I mean, me starting it got the ball rolling, but uh, it certainly wouldn't be where it is today without all the, the support we have from the people um, working on the team now. What does it look like today? Where where are you? Like, give us the because you know, hundred square feet of office, freezing cold, but not your kitchen and not and not on an anvil your kitchen counter but what does it look like now and how many people do you have working for you where where are you guys located take us all the way through up until till nowadays current day definitely so the 100 square foot place i'm talking about we're now next door to that place so <laughs> a bit more nice. square footage possibly just as cold but we I, I got on well with the landlord and i said you know what if something comes up, um, you know, we might be interested in taking it at that time. It was still just me and Sam, but things were, you know, rolling and that hundred square feet gets small quite quickly. Um, so Allie, our landlord said, Hey, I got this place coming up. Uh, so we jumped on it. It's, it's slightly larger now. It only has skylights, still no windows, but, uh, there's a team of 10 of us in there and, uh, it's great. We're kind of, it's interesting because I think, 
what we do is unique in a sense that we still make all these orders by hand. And it doesn't matter what your role is on the team, you are part of making these by hand. So, um, you know, Christmas aside and what's happening with how busy it is now, we we do our work in the morning and then we make a decision, okay, two o'clock, let's go over and let's start making these orders. Um, so we have our office kind of set up to the computers and then we have our fulfillment center. So yeah, we go over there and we hand make everything and uh, send it out. And I think it's, it's nice in that sense because, you know, it makes us feel close to the product still. Um, so it's unique in that way. I mean, right now it's Christmas and it's catches us. I didn't think it would catch us by surprise with what's happening, but it certainly has. And it's really in the morning now it's answering whatever emails need to be answered. And we go straight to, to building orders. Um, which is great. Yeah. It's amazing. But um, what, what will that look like? Like during the Christmas season, how, I mean, how many orders are you making a day? If, if you can even give us a number of, of what, you know, just an, a rough estimate even. Totally. So we, we do hundreds of orders a day now um, to get them out. And uh, it's interesting that with the way we've kind of, and the mentality has always been from the start is let's do something until it breaks. Um, so that's from, you know, the way we've imprinted the rings to how we make the leathers to how we fulfill the orders. Like we're a team that's always trying to reiterate how we do things and, uh, you know, do it as best as we can. So a lot of changes has happened and it's interesting because I can't really say what it's going to look like, you know, two, three years from now. We're very much about, let's worry about what's happening in front of us. What might not, don't, let's not worry about what may or may not happen two, three years from now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Is um, it is it still word of mouth pr- predominantly that, I mean, word of mouth slash, let, let's throw social media in there, but predominantly, is that how people are finding out about Traveler Collective and the stuff you guys are making? Yeah. Word of mouth is a, is a huge driver for us, which is amazing. I mean, we, we have such a strong community of people and, you know, I think there's, it's funny, it, it's like it's talked about before, it's things start snowballing and you start getting more momentum. The more orders you take out, there's more work uh, and make, there's more word of mouth that happens. Um, social media definitely is a big driver for us too, but it's um, it's interesting to see to see where it goes and it starts to become more consistent because you have you have a bit of a track record now and you know people understand who we are and what you know our brand means and stands for. So uh, a lot of it is definitely word of mouth. One of the neat things that I love, and I guess this is this is from a business perspective too, is that you have a product that if people get and like, they're going to keep. Not only are they going to give it to other people, right? Like, hey, here here's the um, here's the leather um, ring, okay, or here's the or here's the necklace. But if you have someone who likes your product and they go to another country, all of a sudden they're coming back to you. Which I know probably you didn't set out to think like, oh, I've got repeat customers you know for life but essentially if i have that right i'm not going somewhere else to get my ring when i when i go over to croatia it's like hey i get to come back to you guys and order the rings i assume that you see a ton of that is is obviously people who are now part of the community and you constantly have touch points with them because they're reordering stuff when they go to new places yeah you're you're 100 right and that's great i love that and a lot of people it's been interesting because we've come out with products um, like a lot of different apparel and accessories from people asking about it because they're coming back and they're buying, but they're like, you know, I'd love if you had this or that. And I think a lot of our product development has come from people saying, hey, we'd like this, which makes our life easier, right? So uh, a lot of people are coming back and they're also buying, um, you know, a tote bag. They're buying, um, you know, a crew neck sweater that's 
again, we try to stay subtle with the branding, but, um, yeah, it's cool to see. It's, it's nice to have people come back and, you know, a lot of people that one of the first things they do when they come back is they want to commemorate the trip. So they do come back and they'll email us and that's, it's wonderful. We, we really like that. One of the things that I think was so neat when I when I first found your site, this other than the fact that I looked at it and thought, okay, this is something I would actually use compared to the you know ninety nine other things that I was like, yeah, was that you have kept it like not only is the product itself itself simple, all right, you have rings that you put on a necklace or you put on a leather keychain, but you've also kept it simple with the fact that you don't have a lot of things for people to get. Like you have the you have the rings. You have the that they can put on the necklace and the leather keychain, and then you mentioned you have some some apparel and some swag, which is, you know, like tote bags and and um, t shirts and and crew necks and stuff like that. But you haven't started branching out into other like jewelry. You still have like, hey, this is our main product, and this is what we're selling. Has that been difficult for you, or or is it just easy because you're like, hey, I I don't have time to do anything else. I'm just gonna stick with the thing that we got going here. Yeah, that's, it's a good question. I mean, it's hard. I, I, you want to, to grow the business into different lines and, you know, create value for your customers in different ways. Um, I think what we do now is create value in a very specific way. Uh, and I think before we would branch out any farther than that, and what we've done is to ensure that we can continue to provide value uh, for people and do things right. Uh, I think we've kind of got to the point now with the business that we can't really just throw things against the wall and hope it sticks there there is you know a standard we've set for quality and service and things like that that we absolutely would have to stick to so i think we have to be a bit more methodical about it for sure um but at the same time i mean it's the hardest thing to do is to to keep things simple uh, it's very easy to complicate things and that's a, a push and pull we get a lot of times because people will ask for different types of rings um, whether it be colors, whether it's parks, whether it's all this. So it's, hey, we're trying to find the balance as to, you know, how do you implement new products without it being confusing and kind of um, going away from the essence of what we're trying to do. Ha- have there been things that you created that then you scrapped? We actually started, that's a good question. So we started with uh, not three letter countries. We started with two letter countries and we scrapped that probably about a year ago we we launched the three letter abbreviations because a lot of people are like oh i wish we could do three letter three letter and then i'm still making it by hand in my living room i'm like well that sounds like a, such a, and that extra letter is just going to take me forever <laughs> right. like, i can't do yeah. that through one <laughs> like 33 percent more work now at this point exactly and more noise right so um you know we finally got to a point i think it was when we moved into that 100 square foot place we're like okay you know what let's do the three letters and eventually you know, maybe 5% of our sales were from the two letters. So we decided, we emailed our all the people that had bought two letter countries in the past and said, look, we don't sell a lot of this anymore. Um, we're obviously going to honor your collection. So, you know, for the rest of your life for this, here's the link for you to continue your collection in the same way you started at the same price, uh, which seemed like the reasonable thing to do. So, you know, everyone seemed happy about that and people still buy their two letters to complete their collection. Um but that was one thing we scrapped because it just just didn't make enough sense anymore um, just with the progress of what was happening. So do you know out there like who would have the most of the things on their ring? Like who would have the most 
of the rings on their either necklace or on uh, or on their clip. Is there someone out there with every country? Do you know? We've sent a couple out for every country, but it was, I think, their level of inspiration to be like, yeah, I'm going to have these on hand, and when I go to new places, I'm going to have them right there, which is great. <laughs> I love that. We've, I think the most we've ever had is 130 approximately, which, you know, your, your clip is, gets pretty heavy. I was going to say, like, like hopefully that person's not wearing the necklace, man. That's going to be, that's going to be a back <laughs> yeah, net workout. So, you know what, that, and, you know, <laughs> to everyone listening, that just wouldn't work on a necklace. I mean, yeah, you're right. It would j- just be too heavy, but you know, on the clip, it looks badass. Like it looks really cool to see that many countries and, um, you know, all the different stories behind each one of those rings. It's, you, you know, this guy could spend days talking about each different ring and what happened in those places. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. And that's one of the cool things about us still making them is that, you know, you get to see the different places that people go and, you know, you, you catch your mind wandering all the time. When you grab a Germany ring, you think about perhaps your time in Germany or what Germany meant to them. I mean, it's yes, we're sending out the exact same small little ring to c- customers, but at the same time, every ring is just so different. Like maybe someone lived there for five years. Maybe someone spent three days there. I mean, experiences are so different. Um, and it's cool to let your mind wander like that. Yeah, all day you get to be filled with wanderlust because you're sitting there making something for someone else from their travels. It's in a similar way, every time we put out a deal on our app, on our Jetto app, like even though I'm putting the deal out, I know it's happening. Then it pings my phone and I'm thinking, ah, flight to Johannesburg. Like I remember my time there. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you just typed it in and you know it's coming onto the phone. But yeah, it's like all day you 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 have this the beauty of it is that you get to remember your travel or think about someone else's or, you know, I'm sure you're getting letters and emails and pictures and Instagram DMs of people actually sending you pictures there saying, hey, look, here I am, which is obviously an awesome thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's really cool to see. That's, you know, that's probably some of the best things is to see people around traveling, taking pictures and adding to it. And I mean, that's just pretty special to see. But yeah, you're right. It can be the best or the worst thing ever, too, because you're also thinking about travel all day and you know the irony of doing this is creating a travel company it it, you know becomes even harder to travel i mean you really have to you know put that effort into to walk away for whatever amount of time to go and travel um even then knowing you're not really walking away you're just you know doing things from a distance for the next two weeks let's say yep yeah i literally just sent out a deal yesterday philadelphia to vancouver um which 186 dollars round trip right and i'm sitting there thinking like I got to get out to Vancouver again, one of my favorite cities in the world. And then you think, wait a second, but I have all these responsibilities, right? Like, it's cool. <laughs> we put the deal out. Someone's going to take advantage of it. Good for them. Am I going to be able to take advantage of it? Maybe not. Um, yeah, a little bit of a dumb wedge story <laughs> there, right? Because you're, yeah. Yeah, you you got to actually be putting the time in it or be in your 100 square foot uh, cramped place hammering out um, play, like Netherlands and things like that, dreaming about doing it. But for you, one of the cool things, and, and you said from the beginning, one of the reasons you created a company wasn't just to have a product that you could then sell for people to commemorate travel, but there was that second part of it, or and just as important a part, and that was to be able to give back. So let's talk about the gifting travel aspect of it, because for you guys, that is, I mean, it's right there in the in the top of your site. It's, you know, you're not hiding behind it. There's no like, oh, we also do this. You're saying this is as much a part of our company as the products we're selling. 100%. 
And I'm always excited to talk about that. I mean, gifting travel for me always stemmed from, I think the more places that you go, um, you know, especially more developing countries, you meet so many people along the way and, um, locals for sure. I mean, locals could be, you know, your tuk-tuk or your cab driver. It could be whoever's working at your hotel or hostel. It could be whoever's working at the restaurant. Um, and a lot of times I felt speaking to people, and this has been over years of traveling, is that's so interested in like, hey, where are you from? Oh, Canada. Oh, I've always loved to go to Canada. I hear such amazing things. And uh, especially people from, let's say, uh, a guest house you're staying at, they're meeting people all the time from all over the world. And they're just so excited, um, which is great, uh, which is awesome. And it, the unfortunate part is that, um, you know, they might not ever get the chance to actually go and experience some of these places because they have, they dream just like we do. Like I would love to see the rest of the world. I think all of us do, but the difference between guys like us is that, you know, if we tighten our wallets or tighten our belts and, you know, really focus on saving, we can save for travel just with, with the purchasing power and income um, that we have in our countries where that's just not possible in some countries. And unfortunately the price of travel doesn't change for them. Right. It's, you know, flights are still twelve, fifteen hundred dollars, and when you're making one hundred and fifty euro a month, like the thought of even traveling, it's just never going to happen. And that, and that's unfortunate because you know, I think it's a it's such an amazing experience to be able to to see different parts of the world and meet people from different areas and just get a better understanding of where we live. Um, and I just wanted to open that up to to more people. I mean, there are millions and millions of people that w- want to travel and don't have the opportunity and you know, we're doing our best to help as many people as we can. Um, but it's, it's a unique thing. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to it and we just finished our first trip. Um, but the, the visas, the passports, the, you know, the culture suck. I mean, our first trip was with, uh, a young woman named Fatima and her son Ayatollah from Morocco. Um, but you think of what your culture shock is on the first time you went somewhere. And I think a lot of people have those vivid memories, which are amazing. And I think it's always exciting when you think back on it, but the culture shock for them is just totally, totally different. And to be honest, we didn't, we didn't know what that would be like, how any of us would handle it. Um, so, you know, we were really a real learning experience for this first one, you know what I mean? And it was, it was very cool to see. And it actually went exactly how perhaps we thought it would be a lot of different surprises, but um, it was wonderful. And it just kind of made us wanted to go even more uh, against gifting travel because, you know, it's just so exciting to see and find out that, you know, what it does work. It takes a lot of time and effort and planning, but, you know, and once we did the trip to see, you know, their experience and what they thought about it was just amazing. Yeah. So when you guys do this with, with the gifting travel, you said you just finished up the first trip. How do you, find the people like is it an application process where people come to you and say hey i'd I'd like to be considered for this or is it passed down you know word of mouth from someone who's part of who's bought something from the traveler collective how do how do you find the people who might be candidates for a gifting travel trip yeah it's a good question and i mean there's so many different people that would be potential candidates for this right and then the first one with fatima was actually uh, my wife and I were in Morocco and um, we had met her. And to be honest, we had only spoken for about 20 minutes just at the guest house off and on about, you know, her life. And, um, you know, she's asking about all Canada and things like that. So this was a personal um, um, relationship with Fatima. 
to be perfectly honest, we don't know how this looks in the future. Our next trip is with a uh, young woman from Nicaragua who's always wanted to go to Spain. So that's our next trip. And Sarah was actually introduced to us by a friend of mine who was down in Nicaragua traveling and stayed at where she worked for about a week. And she came back, told me her story and said, hey, look, I know this gifting travel things happen. I think you, you know, be a service to talk to her. So jumped on WhatsApp and started talking to her. And here's the funny thing, just to kind of get sidetracked is that, you know, Ben comes back and, you know, provides me this contact info. And then I'm contacting Sarah and messaging her. And it's, it's a really weird, creepy, untrusting thing when some guy's like, Hey, where in the world do you want to go? Cause we want to make that happen for you. I mean, I think people's first, uh, uh, experience of that is to just kind of sit back and like, who is this? Why is this happening? I don't understand. And and I think that has been just to get past that first hurdle uh, has been challenging. It was with Fatima too. And we knew her, uh, especially as a Muslim woman, um, I, I think to go with some uh, strange foreigner out of the country, um, you know, that that's the first biggest hurdle. So it's, it's been interesting to do that. Um, but moving forward with picking people, we're open to ideas. I mean, we are open to our community sharing with us what we think is best. I mean, we had an open house with some friends and family that came into our space uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I said to everyone, like everyone here loves to travel when you're going to different places. I mean, and you're meeting and talking to locals, just keep in the back of your head that, you know, this is what we're doing. And, uh, you know, if you come across anyone that you think would be good, um, you know, let's talk to them. I think it would be wonderful. So I think that's what we're doing now. And, what I see happening in the near future, but as this grows and we can do more trips, I think we have to become more solid in, in how we want to do it. And if there is an application, a nomination, that type of thing, um, we just haven't got to that point yet. And we don't really know what that looks like, to be honest. Yeah. So then does the, the people who like Fatima and, and her son Ayatollah, do they go on a trip with you? So are you with them and, and they go with the travel with you or the traveler collective team, or are they on a trip on their own? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. So we we went with them. So how it worked is so we were talking. I was talking to Fatima. It took months to to coordinate all this, and um, they needed to get their passports. They needed to get visas. They never applied for these things before. So I mean, Fatima is a very sharp woman. Like she she could figure out how to do all this stuff. But I mean, I would go to Western Union and I would send her three hundred U.S. dollars so she could do this, and. So we put trust in her too, and she would go and go through the application process, and she would um, get the travel insurance there. We would help her fund that, and uh, it was a one of the team members, Jessica. So we both flew to Morocco. We rented a car, flew to uh, or drove to Chefchaouen, met Fatima, um, stayed there for a day, and then they jumped in the car with us, and we drove um, drove to the city, and then you know we were off to off to Istanbul. So I think it was important for us. And I think she wanted us there. I mean, the first thing, some of the things she would talk about, like airport, I've never been to an airport. Like, who do I give my passport to? And like, just didn't get it. And why would she, right? I mean, there's so many things that I think we take for granted, especially now. But even when we started travel that uh, if you've never even been to a big city, I mean, that, that's overwhelming in itself. Uh, even if it's within your own country and then going to the airport, I mean, there's so many things that, um, people would want support with. Not everybody would. Uh, Fatima did. So we were absolutely there to help her with that. Uh, the next trip was Sarah and her friend. Um, I'll be going with another uh, teammate from Traveler Collective. Um, so that's how it's working for the first two. I definitely see that working in the future for sure as well. Yeah. What was the biggest 
takeaway, either for you or for Tima. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you've talked to her since of that trip. Like, I mean, it's cool to see other stuff, and I'm sure that was mind blowing in itself. But we we know as travelers, seeing something like like going and seeing the Eiffel Tower or the Louvre or the mosque, you know, it's like it's neat to see stuff. But there's so much like travel is a much bigger part than just what you're seeing with your eyes and going to these monuments. What did you take away from it, particularly on on getting to give someone this gift that they never would have been able to have before and it being something that you love so much and you know has impacted you over your lifetime? Totally. Um, It's interesting, yeah, because it's a, it's a whole different experience for them, right? Like travel for us, like you said, we, you know, you, you want to go to the, the Eiffel tower, you want to go to all the, the different places that, you know, are beautiful. Um, and they're a reason that they're popular. They're very cool. But with Fatima, it was like, I want to go shopping. Like I want to go, she wanted to go to a shopping center. She'd never been to a mall before. So like going to the mall, that was a huge, huge deal. Uh, her young son, who's only six, I mean, they really wanted to go to McDonald's. Like that was a huge, huge deal for them. I mean, Another su- surprising thing, and this happened a lot, but you know, one of the first purchases that Fatima made, um, she was at a shopping center and she had bought something for a friend of hers back home. And you go to a shopping center and you get a receipt. And you know, typically, I either say no, I don't want that, or I crumple it up and throw it right away. But for her, she thought that was the coolest thing ever. She had never gotten a receipt before, so she was so excited and she was showing people and. She was messaging and taking pictures of it and sending it to people back home. And I'm like, I can't think it to us. It's so useless, but to her, it is just such an experience. And it was stuff like that, that I never, never thought about. But, uh, also for me, you know, made my trip and for, for her, um, that was just like, just kind of a small, small thing that, uh, was an impact on her. So it was, it was stuff like that. That was just really, really fun to see. And the food, absolutely. Like Ayatollah eating cheeseburgers and pizza and all this stuff. He loved it. It was just, it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. It's not even stuff we take for granted. It's, it's way past even taking it for granted stuff. We don't even think about like, like a receipt. Yeah. Like you said, now when I go to the ATM and take money out or I, I check out at the grocery, I'm going to look at that receipt and be like, I, I can't just throw this away. Like someone else loves, love this. Right. And yet, yeah, we throw away receipts every day. Um, so that is, that's fascinating that it's, it's things like we know, I think you and I, and there have been, I can both probably attest to this where there've been times where I've traveled and I've almost felt uh, not ungrateful, but I've been like, oh man, like, yeah, this is okay. You know, kind of just whatever. And and then I sit back, I'm like, all right, you you need to really have a reality check. Like, the, you know, stop taking it so much for granted, but it's not even that it's just stuff we don't even think about in, in daily life because we've grown up with it. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and that, to tie it in with the product, I mean, that was when we had, you're wearing the necklace or you're, you know, adding your ring when you're back from a certain place, it is that also reminder of like, yeah, I, I'm quite fortunate that I have the ability to do this, um, and see and experience the places that I have. Cause not everyone gets that opportunity. I mean, yes, of course, you know, we're helping some people do that, uh, and hope to help many more people in the future. But, um, again, with the product, yeah, it is just that simple reminder too, for those other reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. A simple reminder for yourself. And I love that it also serves as a, a talking point, right? And you know, whether you're a solo mm-hmm. traveler, obviously I think solo travelers, there's, you naturally find other travelers 
more than when you're with someone else because you start, you know, facing inward when you were with someone else or a group and your solo traveler totally. kind of faced outward. Um, but it is cool that, you know, you're wearing this around or you have this keychain around and all of a sudden someone sees it and you get to talking and there, it's a way to, to ingratiate yourself with other people, whether there be travelers or locals, um, doesn't really matter in a neat but very subtle way, which is, which is, I think a very hard balance to strike. We, we talked about the flags. I mean, that, that can yeah. get people talking too, but I don't need to have that, you know, show off type mentality. But it's cool if someone saw it and said, Hey, what is that? And they're looking through and they're like, Oh, what country is this? What country is this? Because yeah, you're going to be helping spur the wanderlust on as well. It's, it's like, it's just a self perpetuating thing of getting more people out there to think about travel. Yeah, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's it's such a it's such a similar product, but such a different thing. And when you see somebody else with it, I think um, you know you can take comfort in that they do feel the same way about travel as you. Is not about showing off. And you know what? I had a lot of hesitation for this product too because I didn't want it to go down a path of you know country counting. That is just not something that I was into. And you know, it took me a while to get past that fact that. Um, you know, it, it is down that path and that's not what we want to do at all. And that's why the, I think the names of the countries are so important. It's just about you and your experience in this specific place. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there's going to be people that are, I'm going to get as many rings as I possibly can. Um, but at the same time, we don't necessarily want that. Um, but if, if that's what you want to do, by all means, like go do that. That's wonderful. Travel is different to everybody. But um, to me, that was kind of a, a hard push and pull because it, the flag thing was like more country counting to me than what we're trying to do, but it still has those aspects, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it just comes down to it being subtle. I think that's why I like it so much is it is it's very, very subtle. I, no one would have to know. No one would have to see it unless you wanted them to. And so it isn't again, we talked about outward face or an inward facing. It isn't an outward facing product, right? It's it's like it's for you to look at, to, to be reminded of it. To uh, you know, if you want to show other people, but not them just seeing it w- without kind of knowing what it is, for for you, why like why travel? Why I mean, you've obviously you've built a brand around travel. You you have a, a a charity that's helping people travel. But why is travel such an important emphasis for your life and and in general to help other people get out there? Like it's now a mission in your life. It's like all right, everything I'm doing is essentially leading back to trying to get more people to travel. Why? Where did that come from? Totally. Um, so uh, travel was not a big part of my life growing up, even as a teenager. Um, you know, we had went to Mexico as a family once. Um, I played hockey growing up, stereotypical Canadian, <laughs> and we would travel, you know, a lot of road trips within, you know, Western Canada. And, and, yeah, you know, the, the towns of like a thousand people, right? Or, or less, <laughs> or less. Was as an experience in itself, but uh, you know, my first trip—I um, don't know—not surprisingly for a lot of people was Southeast Asia with a good friend of mine when I was, geez, like 24, and um, my older brother had been there, and you know, I didn't really know why I wanted to go. I had busted my ass and saved some money, and I thought, you know, you're young, let's go try something. So we spent four four months in Southeast Asia, and that changed everything for me. Like I, I, there's so many memories I have from that trip and people that I've met and are still good friends with from that. And that really just triggered everything for me. And, um, you know, a lot of my life has been focused around travel since that trip. 
uh, whether it's been education, um, you know, where my money goes that I do try to save for. Um, and for me, a lot of it is just seeing the similarities to what different countries are like. Also the differences, um, I don't know, travel. I really feel like I live in the moment when I'm traveling. I feel like I have a hard, hard time doing that at home. Um, either thinking about the past or the future, but when I'm traveling, I am in the moment and, uh, I think it can just come more naturally when you're on the road to, to really take things in. Um, and that's what I love about it. I think you're kind of forced into that, which, which I really love. And I, I love the challenge of it. I love, um, you know, the uncertainty of it, uh, the people that you meet. I mean, there's just so many things that I'm sure you and me and all the listeners could just rattle off for hours with the things that you like. Um, yeah, it, it's but one today, of those things, yeah. right? It's like an abstract feeling, but we all know what you're talking about, even if it's hard to put into words, because if you've traveled, you get it. And and I, the only way I've been able to describe it that really makes any sense t- to me is I just tell people, like, I feel like my senses are so alive when I'm traveling. Like, I can't be on autopilot. And a lot of times at home, it's super easy to be on autopilot, right? I mean, you know, I'll, what are we having for dinner? I don't care. Let's go to this restaurant. Like, I could go to a new restaurant. I could go do this. I could go do something brand new tonight. I could grab a tent and go pitch it somewhere that I've never slept and come home and be like, whoa, that was an amazing experience. And I only walked, like, right out my front door. But I mm-hmm. don't, right? Yeah. Or, or I, I very rarely, I mean, I don't usually pitch a tent, especially not in winter here. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's very rare that I'm, I'm just even doing these smaller unique things overnight or something that's that's a brand new experience even though i could and yet when i'm traveling it just it just happens because you're i think you're just more open to it and there's less pressure or responsibility or people around you to to kind of not force you but to to uh, make you do the norm and then you're traveling like oh i'm either by myself or with someone else and everything's new so i'm up for anything let's just go for it and I was going to say everything's new, everything's exciting from the moment you wake up to when you go to bed. And that's, that's a difference. You don't get that at home as much. Um, I completely agree. And I think a lot of people, I mean, certainly not you and me, it sounds like, but you know, they do do that. They go out, they explore in their city. Uh, they have those experiences, albeit a bit differently, but they have those experiences. I need that extra push to, to, to go somewhere and do that. Um, so that's, yeah, so tr- travel to me, that's a big part of it for sure. Yeah, me too. Like I, when, I, when I was in Vancouver, like I went out, here, quick example, I'm in Vancouver, I'm there for a month, this was last April, and I'm like, I'm going to go buy a bike off Craigslist, so I have a bike to go wherever I want, and I did, right? I did, like that day, I found a bike, walked over, bought this bike, and had a bike, and biked all around the city. Now, I'm here in Philadelphia, I have a bike already, how often do I get on it? Uh, here and there right but yet uh, because i'm in vancouver a similar situation it's actually rainier in vancouver i'm on the bike every day because i'm like oh i've never been in this neighborhood i i you know i don't know where i'm going exactly let me just go out and do it 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 easily could have been done and and can easily be done when i'm at home it just isn't so i'm with you I, i i like to think oh yeah i always love new things but i guess the point is i need a bit of a push as well and and travel is that push 
Totally. And then you, it's funny because then you meet people that are traveling in Vancouver. They're like, I'm doing the gross grind. I'm going whale watching. I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm like, man, that sounds amazing. Like I should do that. I could do that on Saturday if I wanted, but you just don't. Yeah. So it's funny, <laughs> funny in that sense. <laughs> I, I have said for a long time that I'm going to do a free walking tour in Philadelphia because we do them in most of the cities we go to. And, and, you know, here we are 35 <laughs> years later. I've never done a free walking tour in Philadelphia. I could go tonight if I want. Probably won't. Um, too funny. Yeah. How is your how has your travel changed then since that first trip to Southeast Asia? Like, are are you still able to travel a decent amount? And what what is the way that you travel? Has it has your style changed towards travel? Yeah, I think it certainly has, and um, it's been interesting to see that progression. I mean, Southeast Asia it was that uh, not to offend anyone, but that typical dirtbag trip where you're just eating food stall and you're you know, partying a ton and you're, um, staying in hostels and, you know, barely sleeping and all that type of thing. And that was, that was amazing. I really enjoyed that time. Like I could not do that for two days in a row now, uh, nor would I really want to. I mean, that was, that was a really great experience and I'm glad I did that. Um, but it has changed. Definitely. I think the destinations, I think has changed, um, like to go places a bit more challenging, let's say. Um, I feel, I feel more of a push to go to a country and want to do something there. Uh, meaning like if you go to, um, um, let's say Tanzania or Kenya and you're like, I want to go out Kilimanjaro. Like I, I feel like there's more, I get more out of going somewhere to do something larger like that. Do you know what I mean? Like a um, purpose or, or an overarching goal when you're going to a place versus I'm going to totally, go here and, totally. and chill and just yeah. soak in the lifestyle. Totally. And, and not every trip can have that purpose. I mean, I, I think it'd be hard to have that for every trip, but, um, you know, some are certainly like that, but uh, there's so many different areas that I still want to explore. Uh, and it's, it's certainly changed now. I mean, we have a four month year old son, uh, first kid. So that, um, that changes a lot of things. We, we had actually took him at two and a half months to Japan for two weeks. And that was scary. That was fun. That was different. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to, you know, move forward and travel in a completely different way with him. Um, so it's cool. A lot's changed. I think tastes have changed. I think I'm much more uh, excited about food and the destinations. Um, that's really exciting to me. Uh, but yeah, with my son, I think that'll be totally different too. Yeah, it already well, has been. I've, I've got you beat by nine months, so I can't give you much advice, man. But, uh, you know, I <laughs> just like, oh, we're going to take this kid with us. Our travel is going to be different. He's one year old, but he's going to get to see some stuff. Pretty neat that you took your son to Japan, though. What Was that planned before you had your son or was that a spur of the moment? Let's go somewhere. Oh, let's go to Japan. So we... <laughs> So we always wanted to go to Japan. I mean, my wife for years would always wanted to go, but um, for whatever reason, we never made that trip. We went other places, but we always knew at you know two to three months, let's go somewhere with him. We didn't book anything because we had no idea what what it was going to be like and if that was even a thing or possible. So, I mean, we booked the trip two weeks before we actually went. So it was last minute in that sense. Um, There's a few places that we wanted to go in Mexico, uh, which is shorter for us, right? And by the, by the end of the day, when we were looking at flights and connections and all this, we're like, you know what, this sounds like a nightmare. Then we're looking at, well, what about Japan? And, you know, direct flight from Vancouver. Yes, it's longer. I mean, it's over 10 hours on there, but 
like maybe this makes more sense because we can have a bulkhead with a baby and everything's uh, contained right you're you're in one metal tube they he can't go totally. very far your baggage can't go very far but as opposed to like hey you get off the plane and it's you know how it is this is like an explosion all of a sudden i'm like totally. how do we have a thousand bags i used to just have one backpack you know absolutely and it and i think as we did more research about japan too it just um, you know, from a different lens this time, more about what's it, what's it like with an infant. Um, it just seemed like the right, the, the right spot. And, um, it was amazing. It was like, it had its own challenges, uh, for sure. But, um, you know, family or no family, I mean, this Japan was just amazing. I, it surprised me in so many different ways. Uh, and we only explored a small, small fraction of it. Yeah, since having since having our son, I've been dying to go back to Japan because uh, having lived there for two years, I I know how they treat like infants, especially like white babies. Oh my gosh, right? It like you're gonna think this guy's the prodigal <laughs> son, right? Uh, you know, and so uh, since we've had him, I keep thinking we got to get back to Japan because, it, as you mentioned, you know, doing some research, like the hosp the hospitality of the people, like it's just a it would be a really neat country to bring a child through. Um, and I think it would be a very different experience than I had than when I lived there for two years. Um, because now with child, it, you're just going to open up different doors. You're going to see different things. So that's kind of why I was uh, prying a bit because I love the fact that you guys decided to go to Japan. Where did you see? Like, what what are some of the highlights that you had with your Japanese trip? So we spent um, seven days in Tokyo, seven days in Kyoto. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just funny when you say prodigy son. I, I mean, I know very little Japanese, but I learned kawaii, which means cute, <laughs> yeah. very quickly because everyone would just be pointing and taking pictures and stuff. And it was it was fun. It was it was cool to see that. Um, but Tokyo, to me, when what a city! I mean, it's a huge city, obviously, uh, and we only explored a fraction of it. But it was just not what I thought it would be. It was it was very quiet for a big city. It was, um, obviously very orderly. I think a lot of people know that, but, uh, a lot of the streets, especially in the Shinjuku, Harajuku area, I mean, it's a lot, very pedestrian friendly. Every store has got this unique, uh, architecture to it. Uh, I find that people are very welcoming and friendly and, their fashion sense is just next level and everyone's and everyone dresses well, you know what I mean? And even if they don't, uh, you might look at them and say, well, he's not dressed well. And no, it's put together and they've put some real thought into how they look. And it's just an interesting place. And um, Kyoto was cool. I like Kyoto. It was, um, I don't want to say more, well, it certainly was more touristy. Um, there's a lot of beautiful things there that, um, you know, are busy for a good reason. Um, and we enjoyed seeing that aspect of Japan, but I, could go back, do the trip again, and spend two weeks easily in Tokyo again. Interesting. That's that's cool. I, I mean, because I feel the the opposite way. I mean, I, I like Tokyo, and I think you're right in that it's way less aggressive than we're used to, right? For that many people and that big of a city, you're walking around. Sometimes you're thinking, "Yeah, I could hear a pin drop," and and there's people around you, but it just it feels calmer. Unless, of course, you're trying to get on a pack train, then you know all bets are off. Um, but for me, I was always, I always rude the decision to, to spend not as much time in Kyoto. Like I wish we had spent more time in Kyoto either way. Um, both, both fantastic places. Do you have any other highlights of, of places that you've been like, you know, what is on the top of your list when you think of amazing travel experiences, where have you been that you're saying like, yep, this is, this is right up at the top. 
I think uh, a lot of European travel that I've done, I actually you know, was fortunate enough to do um, a couple semesters abroad in my university program. And uh, so I explored a lot of Europe um, throughout that program. And I met a lot of really, really amazing people um, that were studying abroad too, um, you know, at the university I was at. Uh, so that was a really cool experience is to be able to take those trips with, you know, people from different cultures and experiencing a place that neither of us had ever been to. I thought that was just a really unique perspective um, and a lot of fun. So a lot of Eastern and Western Europe, I really, really enjoyed in that sense. Um, India to me has always been a, a very exciting place to have traveled. Um, we spent a month and a half there and I absolutely loved it and I hated it at the same time. Like it's just such a, such a different experience. And, um, I absolutely loved it. It was great. I mean, we went to Colombia a couple of years ago. That was my first time in, uh, South America. And that's certainly an area of the world that I would love to, to travel a bit more. Um, but I really enjoyed Colombia. I think it was, it was great. I think the people there were amazing. Um, do you, do you have yeah. places that are at the top of your list for places you do want to go, like that you haven't been? I'd love to go to Chile. That's definitely high up. I'd love to go to Israel. I think that would be cool. Jordan looks amazing. Um, love to explore more of Africa. I don't know. I know it's funny. Like, you know, I mean, now that you have a kid, I mean, everything's different, right? Like everything changes and you have to look at everything through a different lens. Um, of course, if you, you take your family with you or that sort of thing. But, um, you know, as, as short as life is, it is pretty long too. I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to travel and, um, you know, there might be places that keep in our back pocket for a while. I mean, you know, my wife and I have always wanted to go to Italy. I've never been, we know if we went there, we would just want to eat and drink our way through. And I'm not quite sure that makes sense with a young kid. So, you know, maybe, maybe we just keep, thinking about it for another 15 years you know what i mean like i don't know but yeah or you um, just bring a grandma with you or, or find an italian grandma there's plenty of them right and be like all right we're gonna go out for like a three-day pizza and wine bender we'll be back in uh, yeah <laughs> we'll be back in 72 hours you take care of my kid you'll come home that kid will never want to leave that grandma right It'll be like oh, yeah. so true that's italian so lady's awesome um <laughs> but yeah, i'm with you it is it's through a different lens and and i don't know what I'm not going to say what's appropriate and what's not because it, it just comes down to everyone's decision. But yeah, there's places that I'm like, oh, I want to go here. But can I? I mean, the answer is yes, I can with it with a kid. But yeah, is it somewhere that is, a, you know, easy or easy enough with a kid? And some of those, you know, some of those might not be, especially if we're talking about going to Africa or parts of Africa or things like that. But I mean, I have to get all 196 of those rings man so i i have to go everywhere at this point i can't yeah, let... your, your hands your hands are tied i, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> <laughs> what what about for you the biggest travel mishap you've ever ever come across and one that just sticks in your memory and you say like makes for a good story now but uh might not have been so much fun when it was happening oh <laughs> uh, that's good i i got a couple for you the one is that trip to southeast asia so very first time i had been anywhere um we got to Bangkok, jumped into a cab, uh, went to surprise, surprise, Kosan Road, where we went to go find a hotel. Um, and, you know, we walked maybe 50 meters down Kosan Road, went through the to the first place. Can we have a room? Uh, went for my wallet. I had already lost my wallet and passport. <laughs> 
I didn't know. I didn't know if it was st- pickpocket. I had no idea what happened. But that was the start of my first international trip. Was no wallet or passport. So we spent had to spend a couple extra days in Bangkok getting that sorted. But you know what? I was on such a high at the time. Like you tell people now, and they're like, "Oh, that sounds so awful. That would that would have been the worst." And to me, like even now looking back at it, I'm like, "Yeah, it sucked." But it was what it was. Like you couldn't get me down at that point. So I, I have been to the uh, well. I guess you weren't at the U.S. consulate in Bangkok. You were at the Canadian one. They're probably right next to each other. I've been to the U.S. one, having to get passport uh, things straightened out. So um, we're kindred spirits there. Oh, <laughs> well, that's funny. I got a. It's funny, Colombia. I got a good one too. I should have told you this one, but. Um, we were on a bus. I forget where we were going. We had been rushed onto this bus. It was a, like a coach bus, like a Greyhound bus, let's say. So didn't even have time to go to the bathroom beforehand. Really had to go to the bathroom. So just go on the bus. So I go onto the bus and go to the back, go to the bathroom. And it was just nasty. The, 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 the toilet was just gross. It was that blue water, but there was other things happening in there. So I'm like, okay. So I just beat on top of it. And I'm like, okay, let's flush this. So I flushed it made a bit of noise. I'm like, well, that's not right. Tried to flush it again. Everything came back up at me and I was completely soaked from head to toe. No joke. And I, like I stood, I stood there for like five seconds, not knowing what to do. Like this had hit my mouth. It was just awful. And then I just broke down laughing because it, the ridiculous of it was just hilarious to me. And then I come out of the bathroom and everyone's looking at me like, <laughs> what just happened to this guy? And I don't know. It's stuff like that. And I think you know, and your listeners know that those are the fun stories to tell, right? It's those mishaps sure. that uh, are always the best to share. Yeah, you, you got like the uh, regulars on the bus just looking at you being like, we never flush <laughs> twice, man. <laughs> it's that double flush that's going to get you every uh, time. Oh, man. Well, what do, you, what do you guys have coming up in the pipeline? Uh, both for you personally, like do you have uh, trips that you're excited about? And then for Traveler Collective, what do you guys have looking forward? Yeah, so I think uh, with Traveler Collective, for us, it's just trying to get more people to, you know, get on board what we're trying to do. We're coming out with different products, always honing in um, uh, a new way to actually fulfill and ship these things to do it. Um, we're, we've also started a bit of a content team here. Um, so we want to come up with more video content that we haven't not really done in the past. It worked out quite well. I mean, a, a guy we had brought in who's uh, here from... Ireland actually has a, a strong background in film. So he said, well, you know what, why don't we start creating some content? So that's what, that's what he's doing. So um, we're into that for sure. We also created something called Waste that um, is kind of a project that we have that was more about how do we find the best food and drink in different cities? Uh, and the way in which we do that is through the locals. So um, you can find that from our website. It's called getwaste.com. And uh, we're going to focus a lot more time on that. I think we've got a lot of great feedback on it, but unfortunately with Traveler, unfortunately, very fortunately with Traveler Collective, it's been so busy that we haven't been able to focus on it. But, you know, as we grow our team, I think that's going to become a, another focus for us moving forward is to kind of to build that out and create the most value for people so they can find the best food and drink in different cities. Yeah, I, I just happened to see that when I was on your Instagram. So I didn't see it on the on the website, but when I was on your Instagram, I saw it and I'm like, wait, what's what's this other project they've got going on here? And I click through, um, and how? So so yeah, like you said, it's food and drink recommendations. How are you? And and I gotta give you credit again. The design, whoever's in charge of the design over there on that team, uh, simple, <laughs> clean, 
easy. Like that's, you know, you guys got that going on. Um, how do you get these recommendations? Is it people from the Traveler Collective team or is it people from the Traveler Collective community? Uh, it's definitely from the community. People that have reached out to us, people that we've reached out um, to people in different areas that, you know, cities that we would love to see on waste. We reach out to people that we think would be good for I mean, it started uh, from a place where basically I emailed everybody. We we get emails from people asking questions about Vancouver. And then I just blanket emailed everybody and said, hey, look, some of you may or may not know we're from Vancouver. If you guys ever need advice or anything, like just hit us up. And then we just got carpet bombed by so many emails, which we were happy about. And then I'm like, wow, this is overwhelming. Like we can't do this. And, you know, it, we, we eventually got back to everyone and asked questions and, you know, I met people in the city and helped them out and, um, you know, phone calls and Skypes just to, to kind of help people see Vancouver. And we figured there'd be a better way. And we kind of landed on food and drink. I think a lot of times, you know, the big attractions, that information's out there um, where I think that the good local food and drink spots are not. I think if you go on to a lot of the different recommendations and review sites now, like if you go check out your own city, like if I look at Vancouver and I'd say, what are the top um, restaurants on say Yelp? Uh, they're not the restaurants I go to. They're the conventional restaurants that I've heard of, but I just don't go to Like I haven't been once, you know what I mean? Where there's so many other places out there. Um, so th- that's what we wanted to do is just bring to the forefront, the places that we like to go and only five spots. We say, what are your five favorites so we can really narrow it down? And that's a hard thing to do in a city um, if you do like food and drink. So it's it's cool in that sense. But I don't know. It just we've always felt that the, you know, the current tools out there to find food and drink just aren't good. I mean, you, you go to Yelp and there's somebody says, oh, I went to this place. I've spent two days in Vancouver and this is one of the places I ate dinner. So I give it five stars. We're like we've eaten out hundreds of times here and we, these are the places that we know are the best. You know what I mean? So that's interesting. It's, it's a fun thing. It's, uh, it's cool to see we've used it, um, quite a bit in our travels and I don't know, it's, uh, we're just going to see where it goes with it for sure. Yeah, I, I love the idea of crowdsourced but curated, right? I mean, it's not crowdsourced like Yelp or TripAdvisor where you have no idea who these people are that are reviewing it. It's it's by people that you trust in some way, whether it's like a, the team of a product you like, like Traveler Collective or people listening to us and they know our travel style. So if they jive with our travel style, they're probably going to like similar stuff to us, uh, which is why I think like likewise, when I find someone who I talk to, like talking to you, all right, a lot of similarities in our travel. If you tell me to go somewhere, I'm going to give it a lot higher, you know, credibility than if I'm reading something like TripAdvisor and it's just some person saying, oh yeah, these are the best tacos. It's like, well, how, how do I, I don't know who you are, you know, or anything like that. And I'm just scrolling through Vancouver and I'm like, all right, yeah, Jam Jar, love that place. Brass Neck, mm-hmm. great, you know, mm-hmm. um, Via Tavera, yeah, yeah. fantastic. So I'm like, all right, oh, cool. Well, now I'm going to go to the three or five other places on here because I've been to a few of those and I know, hey, these are a bit of hidden gems. Totally. And I, you know, best case scenario, you have a good friend that lives in all the cities that you're going. And you can be like, hey, John, like, where where do I need to go here? But we don't have that, right? Obviously. So we're trying to find the next best thing to that. Somebody that, like you said, somebody that's, you know, you feel like you would be friends with if you lived in uh, Stockholm, let's say. Um, and then, you know, chances are you are going to like the stuff that he likes or she likes. So I don't know. It's not per. It's not a perfect way. It's just, you know, something that we're, you know, iterating on all the time. And um, it's changed a lot since, you know, that email I sent from 
Vancouver, but um, that's cool. It'll, it'll be fun to see what happens with that. We're excited about it. Yeah, and I, I'm on it right now, and you guys have quite a few cities already, um, which is pretty neat. Like, I thought, uh, you know, I'm going to go to one and be like Vancouver. I mean, you got you got stuff in Europe, North America, Oceania, Africa. I mean, nice, man. So that's cool. So if you guys are interested, I mean, we'll link everything up in the show notes. But uh, yeah, now I just saw this. I'm like, oh, man, I, I didn't even know this existed 10 minutes ago. Um, and now I'm going to go <laughs> scroll through all the cities and see if they have stuff on there that I've been to. Um, so yeah, we'll check that out. Um, and that's pretty sweet. So you'll continue to to grow that and add cities and add stuff in there, which is which is pretty neat. Um what else is there anything with Traveler Collective that you have coming up on the product side or is it is it going to stay simple with the rings and the necklaces and and the little keychains and things like that Yeah so I think we're going to continue to expand our apparelish people you know requested I think that's important for us uh as for the rings themselves we're coming out with full country names soon uh we just had to find the, the proper way to do that right uh, we're also coming out with continent rings too, which are going to be slightly larger. They're going to be—they're not going to be made of gold, but they're going to be a, a different color, which will be cool. I had a lot of requests for that. Um, That's a cool but, uh, idea. It, I love that idea. It'll be, so then it splits up your country. Okay, I like that. Totally. And, nice. You know, and it's funny because you know there was a, a customer we have—I think he's Finnish—and um, he had built them himself. So he had—he's been to you know, close to a hundred countries. And then he had posted this picture online. He's like, Hey, like, here's my clip. And, you know, I created these, uh, content rings myself and he put them on and they looked amazing. And then all of a sudden, so we shared it with our community. We're like, Hey, yeah, like this is such a great idea. And then everyone's like, I want this, I want this. So it was cool. I mean, it's, you know, we're in a privileged position where we can really, um, not exclusively rely on, but have our customers kind of help us out in that sense with product development, because these are the people that we want to provide value to and create products for. So, you know, to have that uh, encouragement before we even start uh, looking at how we're going to do it, that it's something that people want. So that's, that's been really important for us. Very neat. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's cool that someone did it and, and sent you the idea and you're like, yep, yep, let's go for it. Uh, I do have to ask you though, the full country names, man, is that going to add, like, what if, what happens if people are getting Zimbabwe, like these long <laughs> country names, you're going to be there tapping away for a lot longer? That's a good question. So we changed the way that we imprinted. So now um, we have uh, a laser engraver that we can use. So it allows us to do those types of things a little bit easier. And we came out with um, dated rings as well from requests. People wanted to commemorate the years that they were there. Um, so that makes it much easier to do it that way. And it, it allows us to to kind of go ahead with things uh, and products that people want, but also scale it to what we need. I mean, if we were still tapping it, which I'll be honest, we did, you know, less than five months ago, um, it just wouldn't be sustainable. And it, I don't know. <laughs> As I said, we go until things break, and it was certainly broken when we were still tapping them, and now we've moved to this, so it makes life a little bit easier for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for joining me today and, and putting together such an awesome company with an awesome mission uh, with, your, with your gifting travel um, idea and, and uh, charity there while also making incredible travel gifts. Now I know exactly what I want uh, to put on my Christmas list. People are listening to this. It's going to be after Christmas, but we're recording before Christmas. Uh, so sorry, man. There's going to be a little more work on your end. You might have to stay uh, a few hours later to, to uh, get me all those country rings. But uh, don't worry. Next time I'm in Vancouver, I'll buy, I'll buy the beers. So I'll make it up to you. Um, 
uh, we could, we could do that. <laughs> Remind people Love one that. more time if they're if they're coming over, what's the best place for them to find you and and how they can interact with you guys on social media? Uh, so you can find us on social media at Traveler Collective website travelercollective.com um, or email me. I'm Daryl at Traveler Collective D A R R Y L um, and hit me up with anything. 100%. Awesome. Well, thank you, Daryl. And guys, we will link everything up in the show notes. We're going to link up the Traveler Collective and, and all their gear. Again, their website's super easy to use. So it uh, won't be hard to find that. And if you are good, looking for an awesome travel gift, uh, it has my seal of approval for what that's worth. Um, it's something that I personally want myself. So um, yeah, thank you guys. We're going to link that up in the show notes. You can get that extra pack of peanuts.com slash shows. And Daryl, once again, thanks so much. I know before we started talking, I got I to tell a little backstory here. You were like, I'm in my car recording this because it's a little busy in the workshop. So I hope it's not too cold there in Vancouver as you've been sitting in your car. I just want to say thanks for uh, coming on <laughs> and uh, taking some time out of your day, probably freezing yourself um, out in that car. <laughs> now, you know what? We're lucky in Vancouver. It's, it was cold last week, but it's, you know, five, seven degrees now. So we can, that's bearable for us Vancouverites. Awesome. And last question. If we're, if we're coming to Vancouver and we're going to go get a beer, where are we going to go? Oh, I would say Alibi Room for sure. Okay. I've walked by yep. it. I've never been in, but I've walked by Alibi Room, so I know right where that is. All right, cool. All right, what about ice cream? I have to ask you that then. I can't let you get out of here without ice cream. Ernest Ice Cream, and they opened up, I think, their third spot about half a block from our office. It is <laughs> nice. the best and worst thing ever. <laughs> nice, nice. Awesome. Well, I, I'm a big fan of Ernest. I like Rain or Shine, too. I, I, you know, I kind of go back and forth. I found Rain or Shine wasn't as busy. So maybe that's why. But I'll come check out the new Ernest. We'll go to Alibi Room, grab a drink. I just want to thank you again for coming on, man. Um, really, really appreciate it. 100%. Thanks, Travis. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today for your continued support that makes us number one rated travel podcast out there. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris and all this.